0: Injured in a car accident? Visit suedistracteddriver.com.
2: You're listening to Dan Issel and Louis Rebeau on ESPN 680 and
1: 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louis. All right, welcome back in. 11 o'clock hour here on Issel and Louis, taking you up until noon here on ESPN 680 1057. A reminder Kentucky back in action tomorrow on the basketball court, Tuesday night hosting South Carolina here. Uh, get that post-game show, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife post-game show, James Striebel, Jason Nance, taking your calls, texts, all that around 9 o'clock. Uh, we will try to hear from John Calipari, but of course, not the easiest thing these days. <clears throat> and uh, to help us sort through the... Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what this is at this point. But the mess that is Kentucky basketball. His name is Kyle Tucker. He's with The Athletic. Yeah. Um, his piece is up right now. And uh, it is... Uh, Kentucky it
3: is, stinks,
1: Kyle! <laughs> Kentucky stinks. And uh, <laughs> in the article, we get the the beautiful quote... We're not Kentucky all of a sudden, and uh, Kyle agrees. Um, I I, kind of disagree with the all-of-a-sudden part. I think we've kind of seen the end of the empire coming for a little bit here. What do you say?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's why, you know, you try not to overreact to one result, but that's the point here is that that nobody's reacting to one result. This was just kind of the ugliest, uh, you know, latest example, but um, we're talking about three years that frankly had had he not been signed to a 10-year 86 million dollar contract that's fully guaranteed in 2019 uh, you know what has been described as a lifetime contract i i'm not sure that there's a coach in the history of the program that could survive sort of what's happened over the last 3 years 9 and 16 the worst record in almost a century followed by um what was a good regular season, and there are reasons to, that they, you know, injuries were real at the end of last year. But you lose the most, uh, uh, the biggest upset in the NCAA tournament uh, in program history after the worst, you know, record in 100 years, um, losing to a 15th seed never had happened in Kentucky history. And then you start the year, you bring back the national player of the year, your preseason top five. Now you're very, very unranked. Um, you know, and, and ten and five, just a very pedestrian. You have, and and it's not just ten and five. It, it, you know, the record almost doesn't matter in in the overall. It's just what have you done against good teams? They've lost by an average of sixteen and a half points now to four the four quality teams that they've played, the four current top fifty teams that they've played. 0 and four by a margin of sixteen and a half points. They've led by trailed by at least thirteen points in all four of those games. Um, And just not being competitive. And, and, you know, when you're down 31 to a fellow SEC team, um, you know, when you start the year with the expectations Kentucky has, that's, you know, and and halfway through the regular season, uh, there's something wrong. And uh, it doesn't seem that Cal has a fix for what's wrong. It doesn't seem he has even a handle on, you know, exactly what to fix. Um, So I think you take it as a whole, you know, everything that's happened the last three years. um, The fact that they haven't been to a Final Four since 2015, they haven't won a national championship now, it's going on 11 years. Um, You know, most places that's not a hugely alarming thing, but at Kentucky it matters. And, um, you know, it's not just that they're not winning the national title now. Right. Now it's that they're, you know, can they even make the tournament? Can they even win a game in the tournament? They haven't won a game in the NCAA tournament since 2019. And so, you know, again, if you set aside the contract, what what coach in Kentucky basketball history would survive that?
3: Kyle Tucker with The Athletic, and uh, we've said this all along, if, if you're a sports fan and you don't subscribe to The Athletic, what's wrong with you? They're practically, <laughs> giving, practically giving it away, and it is great, great stuff. Uh, uh, Kyle, uh, I hate to disagree with you, but there is one coach who could have survived it, and his name was Adolf Rupp. And that is because if you had written a piece this critical of Kentucky when he was coach, you would no longer have your media credentials. So, uh, so, so so what, what, what is wrong, Kyle? I can't put my finger on it. What what is, why are we in this place? Well, I, I, you know.
0: The easy so much of the criticism, I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest problem is is that it's hard to answer that question because the you know the, the biggest focus of the criticism, uh, pretty much for everybody, has been on the offense because it's it's kind of a continuing theme over a long period of time that they're, you know, the offense looks antiquated uh, when you look around at how the top teams in college basketball are playing. It's not how Kentucky's playing. And, and that they can't score. They can't score against good teams. Um, you know, they're scoring in the 50s now against, you know, scored in the 50s against UCLA, scored in the 50s against Alabama. Um, you know, and the other teams in the 70s and 80s, you're, you're toast. Um, and so, you know, a lot of focus has been on the offense where, you know, I think Antonio Reeves and C.J. Frederick, who's hurt but have not been, you know, have not given them what they thought they were going to get. Um, I think just the the flow of the offense has not created uh, any sort of um, feeling that they have an identity um, and that they are you know have any level of comfort offensively against a good team uh, and we focused a lot on that on the offense but they're not good defensively and and that you know at least if you're locking people down you could have a chance to win some rock fights and I think that's what cal has leaned on like well we're gonna be really athletic and defend and rebound and you know, the well, the offense will sort itself out, but they're not good defensively. They're, they're just, I mean, Kentucky stinks the headline, I mean, that they do across the board. They're just not good. And when your National Player of the Year is so bad and so lost defensively in the first three minutes of the game that you just can't play him, that you cannot play the National Player of the Year uh, against Charles Bediaco, who <laughs> nobody even knew who he was, you know, a year ago. Uh, and, you know, he's a good player, but not a great one. But by by simply how he was used and his length and, and size was able to completely expose Oscar, I mean, that's your best player. <laughs> uh, what, what do you do? Where, where do you turn? You know, Cal keeps saying he wants to play through Oscar. Well, that's not who Oscar is. Like, Oscar should be... Getting his uh, buckets, you know, by doing what he does, grabbing rebounds and putting them back, you know, with a handful of possessions where you know he's getting the ball. He's not a good enough passer. Uh, I think that's another reason people are so alarmed by what the way Cal is talking after these losses. It will play through Oscar. Not many people have an Oscar. Okay, but he's not a huge offensive weapon. He gets his points, sort of doing the dirty work. And he's not a good enough passer that you could say, well, we'll throw it to him, though, and when, when they swarm him, he'll get it out. He doesn't. He turns the ball over. Uh, he turned it over four times, I think, in 23 minutes on Saturday. Um, that When you see what you see and then you hear the way Cal talks about it in explaining himself, it doesn't really match up. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't sound like a guy who's being real about what um, – you know, being honest with himself about the problems. It's like I'm just gonna keep hammering this square peg and eventually that round hole just open up and accommodate it, <laughs> I guess. You know, but but I, I don't see that happening. And and you know, I try not to be too reactive to any any one or even a couple games and especially when it's the first week of January. But this is not a new thing. This is this is as we open this segment talking about like this is something that we've all been kind of watching this decline you know over a a number of years and you know where is the sign of life that you know that it's going to get better i I, you know it's it's tough to see right now
1: kyle tucker with us here from the athletic uh go find his stuff uh the com, of course on twitter at, at the athletic you know kyle i I, I actually listened to the Alabama broadcast with Chris Stewart and, and company down there just to and I've decided the rest of the season this is how I'm going to take in Kentucky basketball is hear how other people are talking about it. Because, uh, you know, it's easy to live here in the, the echo chamber and, and you know, hear what's going on in the halls of ESPN Louisville. And one of his analysts on the on the call said, you know, I've seen about fifty of these games and he said, I can say authoritatively, this is the first time Alabama has simply had a better roster than Kentucky. So yep. uh, I, I agree with him. Dan pushed back a little bit on that. I think there's a the, – the alarming thing is I think that Alabama has better players, and I think the scheme was pretty obviously better on Saturday as well.
0: Yeah, there wasn't an area that Kentucky was better. <laughs> you know, in theory, Kentucky had the you know best player on the floor, but really they didn't. Um, you know, Alabama, I mean, Brandon
1: Miller was, was pedestrian, and he, he still had a nice game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Alabama's sixth best player or seventh best player probably is the guy who who rendered Oscar Shibwe unplayable. Uh, and then you saw, um, you know, this is the other thing I would say, and, and I think it it is coming into clear focus for me. I, I think there's a real issue with identifying, uh, you know, scouting players and identifying who who can help you and what you need. Um, who can really play here? Um, because, you know, with the ex- exception of Oscar, you know, I guess you, you could say Wheeler, even as he's flawed, he's been, you know, good at, at one thing, at least for them. Um, you know, some of these guys, just they get here and they're not what you thought they would be. Um, and a guy like Mark Sears at Alabama... You know, they saw him in person last year uh, at Ohio, and he was terrific. And I thought he was a the guy they would go after, and I don't think they went after him at all. The only guy they got out of the portal this year was Antonio Reeves, and he has just largely not been up to the task in, in the big games. Um, And, you know, Alabama gets this guy, and he's great. You know, he's like a perfect fit. He wore them out. you know, And, and they got uh, Quinterly, who was a guy who was a highly regarded recruit, but had You know, couldn't get along with Jay Wright at Villanova, and somehow they figured out a way to make him work. And um, you know, yes, I think it is true that Alabama had a better roster. Brandon Miller was the best player uh, probably out there. He was certainly the best freshman on the floor. Which Kentucky is uh, there's almost never a case where Kentucky doesn't at least have the best freshman on the floor. Uh, They didn't Saturday. Um, You know, and the guard play like just just look at those guards for Alabama. Look at how how much more they seem to know. Exactly who they were and what what their coach wanted from them and how to get it, um, compared to Kentucky, where it was like, it, it just feels like they're flailing. Uh, you know, it feels like they don't know what they what they need to do, uh, and some of them it looks like they're they're incapable of doing what they need to do. And so, you know, I, I wonder too about just is is this staff and and is Calipari and his staff are they doing a good enough job? Of a value, of not just going and saying, we're going to go sign five top ten ranked players, but actually really grinding like other places do to evaluate and make sure that they fit. Um, and, and, you know, I think you to start, you've got to have an identity, and I think Cal got by for a long time. I'm not a he-just-rolled-the-balls-out kind of guy, but he did get by for a long time on, I'm just going to go have way, way, way better players sure. than you. And that that'll be enough. Um, you know, I don't have to have a system that I recruit to. I just, I'm going to go get the best players and figure out what to do with them. And by the end of the year, I'm just going to beat you into submission with my talent. Um, and if you're not doing that and you don't really have a true identity, a system, uh, then you don't have, you know, style and cultural fit. Um, and you, and you, you start to flail, which is what has happened. You know, it happened two years ago. Uh it happened, like when they found ran into a, a really well coached team that knew who it was uh in Saint Peter's, infinitely less talented and still absolutely just surgically took them apart and it's happening again now. And and you see like the Missouri game was a real eye opener to me because that's a roster mm. that Kentucky is more talented than it. correct. It's, you know, a bunch of guys from Cleveland State who followed their coach and maybe one or two S E C level players uh, and they know who they are. They have a style and an identity, and they just came came at you with it for forty minutes. Uh, and Kentucky had no answer to that. You know brand new coach team that went twelve and 20 twelve and twenty last season uh, just absolutely wears you out. you know they took one year to get it you know to get competitive and Kentucky can't seem to get competitive in these games and that that is pretty shocking to me.
3: So, Kyle, where do we go from here? The first time I've, I saw Cal's name mentioned with the Texas job was Seth Davis, who uh, he he had an article and he named every college coach he could think of that had a winning <laughs> record that was going. So I didn't put much credence in it. Uh, is Cal going anywhere, or is he here as long as he wants to be here? I think, that, I mean,
0: yes, <laughs> He, he can be in Kentucky as long as he wants to be unless somebody ponies up a massive pile of money. I mean, it would be, I think, an unprecedented amount of buyout. You know, he's owed 40 some million dollars I think right now. Um, you know, nobody's ever, I don't think anybody's ever paid a buyout like that. Um, it, it would be tough to come up with that money. Um, but, and so, you know, in some ways you could say Kentucky stuck with him. The other question is, um, You know how attractive is he to places like that right now? Um, I do think there'll probably be some interest, you know, mutual interest uh, with the Texas job. I do, I do think that that is a, you know, at least a a, a real possibility to become a, you know, to become a thing at some point. Uh, But if you're Texas and you keep, you know, Kentucky keeps losing like this. Do you really want to bet? Do you want to pay what you'd have to pay to get a guy like John Calipari when it when a lot of people are feeling right now like he's on the down slope of his career? Um, I don't know. I, I guess if he can promise delivering that number one recruiting class that he's got signed to Kentucky, which that's what he did when he left Memphis, he brought that class with him. Uh, John Wall and Demarcus Cousins and those guys that were going to go to Memphis, he brought them to Kentucky. And so maybe if you if you know you're getting that kind of talent, you you. Uh, you know, take a shot on Cal, and they're in a weird spot, having to just having to fire this early in the season a guy that was a really, really good coach for uh, his personal conduct, and um, so they're reeling a little bit, and need to be stabilized. But um, you know, I, I wonder if you're if you're that, if you're Texas or you're any one of these other programs that is or is soon to be looking for a head coach that would be, you know, a place that could could reasonably make a run at Cal. If you're watching what is unfolding, is he still an attractive candidate to you? That that I don't know. Um, I think at this point, either Kentucky's going to have to ride it out for a couple more years until they get to the point where a buyout is more feasible, and see if Cal can turn it around with that number one class next year, or you have to hope that you know if it's not going to happen that somebody, some other program that needs to kind of take a chance, a, a you know a high risk high reward chance. On a star coach um, gives Cal that shot. I mean, you could do worse at a lot of places than hiring a Hall of Famer who's going to sign number one recruiting classes. You know, at Kentucky, that is kind of people yawn about the bringing in number one recruiting classes, and they want they just want to say, "Talk to me when you get back to the Final Four, But there's a lot of programs that uh, don't get players that way. Uh, that ha- that aren't in the conversation that would probably welcome kind of the circus would be new to them and all the attention that Cal would bring to a program um, it's entirely possible that that both both Kentucky and Cal Perry just need a fresh start I mean I, I'm not saying Cal will never be good again uh, but it, it feels like the thing has kind of gotten like like everybody involved is kind of stuck right now kind of in a rut um, you know I think Cal's staff is not helping him very much and mm-hmm. and you know if he goes to a new place he can just start from scratch and build a new one um, and he needs to think about that he needs to have an X and O guy on the bench with him and I don't think he really has that anymore um, and so I I am very very curious to see how this all goes now uh, whether he can turn it around whether he's willing to make any kind of drastic change at Kentucky to, to stay at Kentucky and get Kentucky uh, back on top or, or, if it, or if he and Kentucky both just kind of want to uh, as amicable as possible of a Hey, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> uh, mm. Let's all, let's start over. We we need something fresh. Uh, I think that's that's also on the table at this point.
1: Kyle Tucker with us here from the Athletic. You can read his most recent piece about uh, Kentucky stinking uh, at the Athletic. dot com. <clears throat> Kyle, um, I, I've voiced a concern on this show that uh, we've had recruiting people on and they've told us that the twenty twenty three class, its overall quality is lower than previous years, and then you know, Kentucky's hanging its hat on getting high-level guys, you know, highly ranked guys, I should say, in that class to come in next year to re-solidify the program. Am I crazy to think that there might actually not be as much talent coming in as the numbers would suggest?
0: No, I, I don't think you're crazy. I think that's the other thats the other hesitation, um, it, you know, is that um, – or, or, or my hesitation to say, well, you know, at least next year they'll have he'll have one of his you know classic old school elite classes. I mean on paper yes he does. That's, and I would say too, he at least did get his recruiting mojo back because all you can do is get the you know the best of what's out there. Yep. And they and they went and got you know the number one, two, five, seven, and whatever ten players in the country. Uh, they signed the number one class. So he you know and they fended off some really good programs to get these players. Um, you know, those were big recruiting wins. But, like, is would DJ Wagner be a top 10 recruit in some classes? I'm not sure. Like, he, to me, he doesn't look like a, you know, John Wall day one dominate college basketball. Uh, Robert Dillingham is a really, really fun, interesting uh, player, creative scorer, uh, the kind of guy Cal needs who can just go get buckets. But he's 6'2, 100 and. 60 pounds, and he's not going to come in day one and just dominate college basketball. Um, You know, I think Justin Edwards has the highest upside and the kind of guy who could be one of those classic Cal players who's, you know, uh, really good athlete, really dynamic playmaker. Um, He could be really good. But, you know, I feel like Aaron Bradshaw has a high long term ceiling, but is probably not going to step in day one and be a dominant, you know, big man in college basketball. And so, you know, if you're hanging your hat on, you know, this is, this is Cousins and Wall and Bledsoe coming in to save the day in one class again, uh, or Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and Marcus Teague, I don't think it is. Um, you know, and I, I, I think they could be very good, but they would need veterans around them. They would have to do very well in the portal and get some guys, like, do better than they've done. You know, identify some guys that are true difference makers in the portal who you can count on. Uh, to help those guys. If, if they're starting five freshmen, you know, their number one recruiting class next year, or four freshmen and a, you know, uh, a veteran, then I think it could be another struggle. And that, that's the other thing. Okay, you hang your hat on signing this number one class and they get here and it's all this hype and nothing, you know, nothing comes of it. And they fall flat again. Now what do you do? Um, it's... It, it's a tough situation. I, I think you know the only way anybody's going to feel good about the program again beyond this season with Cal at the helm is if they somehow push the right button. Not like they haven't done it before, I would say that. But and they're going to have to one make the tournament, two win some games in the tournament, like get get some good feeling back. I don't think anything else matters at this point. But you know, winning in the tournament uh, because they you know. Kentucky fans want to be part of the conversation. You're not part of the conversation. Most of the country only watches college basketball for a month in March. And for a long time now, Kentucky's not been in that dialogue at all, other than the butt of jokes last year.
3: Kyle, last one from me, and we appreciate your time. Always great stuff. Uh, You mentioned the assistant coaches. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know – who comes up with the scouting report, who comes up with a game plan. The reason I say that is one of the points I've tried to make is it looks to me, and Alabama was certainly Mm -hmm. a a, a part of this, they were much more prepared to play Kentucky than Kentucky was to play Alabama. Is that part of the problem? You were breaking up there. Say Say that again. I, I, it, 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 I, I'd i like to know who does the scouting report because Alabama's uh, game plan was brilliant. They made Oscar yep. do things he couldn't do and, and took away the things that he could do. I, I don't see Kentucky coming into these games being prepared to play against other teams like those teams seem to be prepared to play against Kentucky.
0: No, I mean, I don't think you could argue that at this point. You know, they seem to have a very... Targeted plan on on who and how to attack, uh, and Kentucky doesn't. You know, and, and for years, again, going back to just saying, you know, I'm going to have more talent than you. You know, there for for years, uh, you know, Cal and those guys almost bragged about like we don't watch a ton of film. We, you know, we it's not about them; it's about us, and you know, it's about fight and all that. You, you that's that's the kind of stuff you can say when you have, you know when there's ten guys on the court and you have the five best <laughs> you know yep. uh, that that's the kind of stuff you can get away with you just overwhelm with talent I'm not saying again I'm not even saying Cal just rolled the balls out or wasn't a coach obviously he knew how to coach basketball he would, he took Massachusetts and Memphis the final fours and those are not yep. places where they'd done that uh, and and I, I do not believe Cal doesn't know basketball or how to coach basketball, but I think there is a level of, of um, arrogance. I think is the only word for it. Uh, complacency when you have that much talent that you can get away with stuff like that, and now it's very clear you can't. I think also he he had a guy a guy named John Robic who you know had been by his side at at every one of those places for you know a couple of decades. Um, and I think really helped him with that stuff, you know, and he was the, he was the guy paying very close attention to all that stuff. And now, you know, the staff is built to recruit. Cal realized he had dipped in the level of talent he was getting, and you know, over the last few years, he's sort of slowly pushed out all the all the X and O guys. You know, Tony Barbie, people love to hate on Tony Barbie. Tony Barbie was a, is, is a really smart defensive coach, and he was a guy who was always helping handle that stuff. Um, you know, I think a guy like Joel Justice was a forward-thinking, offensively-minded young assistant. Um, you know, those guys kind of all got pushed out in favor of trying to recapture the recruiting mojo. And so, this is a staff built on recruiting, and it's also a staff filled with, you know, uh, either either re- guys with recruiting reputation or Cal's longtime buddies. Um, and sometimes, you know, in Orlando Antigua's case, that's both those things are true. A really good recruiter who's, you know, been Cal's guy for a long time. You know, Bruiser Flint, Cal's guy from day one. Um, but the staff doesn't and that I can tell, uh, doesn't have, you know, this get in the film room, give me this, this laser focused, razor sharp uh pregame scout and game plan. Uh who is that guy? I don't know. I don't know on this staff. And so I think that's a real valid question and concern.
1: Kyle Tucker with us from The Athletic. We'll get you out of here on this. Who wins tonight and who wins the Super Bowl? (laughs)
0: uh, I don't know. Buffalo Buffalo feels kind of destined uh, to me. It was cool yesterday watching them get back on the field and opening kickoff, return, return it for a touchdown. It felt kind of like magic. I feel like they've been... There's been sort of an inevitability about Buffalo lately. Over the, really over the last two or three years, you know they've got their star quarterback, who seems to be a great leader, and they got a lot of pieces. Um, I like Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I would just assume that the SEC, the latest SEC death machine, will will conquer in the <laughs> national championship game. Right. I'd love to see uh, TCU do it because it would just be. Uh, really cool to see somebody else crash the party. Um, also love the purple uniforms. I've always thought those were really cool uniforms, uh, you know. And 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 two, what a what a kind of nod to, um, you know, Mike Leach uh, and his passing. If if an air raid guy goes out and uh, leads TCU to a national championship.
1: Well, there you go. He's Kyle Tucker. He's with the athletic. Go check out all their stuff. Uh, wherever, uh, just just Google it, folks. The Athletic, and frankly, like Dan and I say, if you're not if you're not subscribing, uh, figure out another way to spend a dollar a month. So, all right, Kyle, we appreciate your time. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Talked
3: out the road. Thanks, bud. Thank you, guys. All right, Kyle, talk. There you go. Oof. Some some Oof. Uh, Oof. some great points. Man, where are the sh- we were deep in the darkness on that one, Dan. (laughs) Oh, boy. Lots
1: of unpack there. Take us to break. We'll do it on the other side.
3: Yeah, a reminder that this hour of the show is brought to you by Delta Dental of Kentucky. Whether you're looking for dental coverage for your employees or an individual or family policy, Delta Dental of Kentucky has you covered with a nationwide network of dentists. Plus, they offer Delta Vision, a comprehensive vision plan through VSP. Enrolling in a dental or vision plan is easy. You can call them at 1 800-955-2030 or you can always visit them online at ky.deltadental.com
2: Welcome back to Dan Issel and Louis Rebeau on ESPN 680 and
1: 105.7. Now, here's Dan and Louie. All right, welcome back in. Final segment here on a Monday. On Issel and Louie here on ESPN 680 105.7, taking you up until noon. Bobby V has you there. First replay at 3 o'clock. After that, taking you up until 6 o'clock. Appreciate you making us part of your Monday morning. Hopefully, the sunshine and a little bit of the Dan Issel sunshine got you going this morning. Louisville-Wake Forest. Um, was a couple days ago there on the road at Clemson uh, on Wednesday. Network pregame at 7.30. That game doesn't start till 9 o'clock. Paul Rogers and uh, Bob Evan on the call there. And then 11.30-ish, you'll get that Coors Light postgame show with Ethan Moore, who then has to turn around and wake up and teach America's youth. I don't know how he does it. But that's all Wednesday night on your Home for the Cards, 93.9, and the app. And, of course, it is playoff season. And, look, folks, if you're driving around, we've got the games. Uh, We are your home for the NFL in louisville all of that coverage by the way is brought to you by our friends at liquor barn we are in the liquor barn studio saturday 49ers seahawks jaguars chargers uh, both of those games uh, available on our air after um after the uh, kentucky basketball post game show and then um or, yeah i think that's what's for it and then on sunday we'll have the games all day 12:30 until about midnight uh, so about 12 hours of coverage on Sunday, Bills, Dolphins, Vikings, Giants, and then Bengals, Ravens. Make sure you tune in for all that again. Thanks to our friends at Liquor Barn for sponsoring that coverage. All right, Dan. Um, should we get back into – do you want to do some of this sound or do you want to talk concrete? Uh, both. Okay, well, let's do sound and we can do concrete tomorrow if we need to. Um, okay. All right. Who did you want to hear from the most? Because um, there is <laughs> – I, I, there was some interesting sound from, from KP this weekend. He actually called people out by name. Um, and and so we're getting a little bit of a different vibe from him on that. Uh, I think we should probably play some of this Cal sound though.
3: Yeah. Uh, Uh, and, uh, and and like I said, uh, Jimmy Streetle had it on the post game show, so I've I've heard most of this. Sure. But, uh, uh, how about Cal number three and and Bama's uh, ability to limit Oscar?
4: Okay. We'll go to that now. Um, we, he was he was fading away on some of the stuff. And that gave uh, Bidiaka a chance to block shots instead of going through him. Um, and this kid's bothered him in the past. You know, he's seven foot, he's long. Um, I thought uh, they collapsed and he needed to kick out. But we got rattled. He got rattled. We got a bunch of guys that got rattled in the game. And, um, you know, the, even in the... The second half where we just opened it up and let's go dribble drive straight. You know, we weren't able to move and get where we needed to go. Uh,
3: the reason that they were not able to do straight line drives to the basket was because Alabama had about three people in there around, uh, around Oscar. And you're not, going, you're not going to be able to open up the floor until Oscar plays someplace else other than the low post. Because other people know that Oscar's the national, reigning national player of the year, and they're going to have two or three people around him, uh, not only to, to limit his scoring, but to keep him off the offensive glass. And so, um, you know, in anything that you're trying to do that, uh, that concerns getting to the paint, is not going to be successful as long as Oscar's standing there.
2: Right. Uh,
1: I mean, they essentially played a pack line around Oscar, and then told Kentucky, "If you want to shoot from the outside, go ahead." Yeah, uh, but yeah. they also have dudes that are you know that have length, and so they're able to defend those spots as well. So no, it's it wasn't good on Saturday. Uh, both a bad matchup and a, um, and a and a scheme matchup that just didn't work. Um, you know. I, <laughs> Can you play Cal 4 for us? Because now we're doing nostalgia. (laughs) And the last thing fans want to do is nostalgia.
4: You know, I told them after, we just, you know, I can remember going to Kansas and doing what we did, and they won a national title. It's a long season. So let's learn from this, and, and let's get this right. we got to start playing better away from home. Just have to.
1: I would argue they need to play better at Rupp, too. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, well, but but what he's saying, Louis, is is roundabout the same thing I said. It when you're not playing anybody, when when you're playing teams that aren't as good as you, as as Kyle said, you know, when when there's ten players on the floor, you've got the five best players. That that's easy. It's easy to win at home when you're playing against LSU and and Louisville and all the Yale and all those other teams. That that's easy. I mean, this, this takes, some, this takes some, some fortitude to go out and play well on the road. And that's what we haven't demonstrated. And that's what I'm worried most about this team. Because you can fix things. You, you can fix how, how a team plays offensively. You really can. You can fix how a team plays defensively. If a team doesn't have heart, you can't fix that. And that's my biggest concern about this Kentucky team right now.
1: Um, is it harder? Are they just soft, man?
3: Nah, they're they're soft. Okay, they're right. they're, okay. they're 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 soft. I mean, you, you just look at the players. Uh, you know, look at their body makeup. Uh, and and you know we've joked about it, but it's absolutely true. Toppin runs around the floor and does everything he can do to avoid contact. Everything. Uh, and you know Collins is and and you know that's the way they're built. That's the body God gave them. But the, but those aren't those aren't strong, solid players. Uh, those are finesse players. And you know when when you're playing a team like Alabama in that environment you can't get away with being finesse players you've got to you got to take it to them and I just I, I I don't see that on this team the one guy that I think could 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 really do some of that is Livingston but even he doesn't seem you know to be too up to it at least not so far
1: all right speaking of which they were asked if this is a physical or a mental thing and Cal answered that question uh, thusly
4: I don't know we're gonna to have to talk about it and Figure stuff out. You know, I, I just said uh, um, we had some guys that, again, when you look like a really good player, looked like he could not play. What is that? And it's coming off a couple games where we really look good together. And um, I think when it got away and we were playing without the guys that you're counting on, it, it got harder. Now, all of a sudden, we're not Kentucky. Those guys got to they got to perform
0: cal what what what's something cal that that you and the staff have got to do
4: better going forward to help this group again, if we could figure out the mentality on road games we 're going to have to talk it through um, you know, and I think offensively again just demanding that that ball move and we space higher i 'm trying to get guys to space higher and we 're still down because it's, a, it's an easier play when you're down to try to go to the baseline. When you go middle, it's a little – so we're going to – I think that one thing we've got to keep showing them that you can't be spaced the way we are. Um, and, uh, you know, and then Oscar, I just said there were rebounds that he got last year didn't get. Uh, many of them he was rebounding with one
3: hand. Well, these guys are too big and they're active. You know, Louie, he said something there that oh, no. I mean, first of all, oh, no. first of all, you're fifteen games into the season. You should have some of this stuff figured out for sure by now. The other thing that he said that I think he hit the nail right on the head was when he said it's easier and and that's that's what this team looks like they're doing to me is is they're they're taking the easy way out. You look at Oscar trying to defend that high pick and roll. And he's just in the middle. I mean, he's not—he's not working up to you know. He, he, there's two ways to do it. You, you either—you either on the ball. You put pressure on the ball so that the passer can't just sit there and pick out the guys rolling to the basket, or you put a body on your guy and keep him from rolling to the basket. He didn't either. He's standing in the middle and. You know, they, that that I think, I think he just hit on something. And that is this team, when when they have a choice to be made, they always take the easy way out. Uh,
1: t- going through screens and different things, we've talked about it with other players, and it just seems to be over and over just a, a repeating cascade of, of criticism. Isla and Louie with you for another 10 minutes or so here on 681.05.7. Um is there anything uh, KP that you wanted to hear? Is there a bow? Can you put a bow on Saturday for us for the Alabama game?
3: Uh well, I don't think there's any bows to be putting on that thing. Is there? Is this?
1: <laughs> is this as? I mean, it's not nine and fifteen bad, but is it? I mean, where where is this rank for you in bad moments?
3: Well, I, I we were this team was nine and fifteen or nine and sixteen, whatever it was, because they didn't have any anybody that could play. I mean, we were we were told that you know again again we were told that these these things were the greatest things since sliced bread and when they got here we were going to win a bunch of games and uh, you know Boston couldn't play dead uh, and so that team didn't have a talent. This team, I think, has some ability. I think this team has some talent. They just have they have to get tougher. They have to be they have to they have to take on take on tough t- tough situations and they have to rise above taking the easy way out so um, you know I, I I don't know it's uh, I, I guess you get some of these better player better teams at home you still have a chance to beat them but uh, I mean it's obvious they can't beat a good team on the road
1: as the kids would say Avery UK basketball needs to choose violence they need to wake up and choose violence have you ever chosen violence, Avery? I mean, I I've had moments. <laughs> Sometimes you need to choose violence. Hey, you gotta choose that violence once in a while. You gotta do it. It's all right. Sometimes you do. As long as if you don't <laughs> get caught, <laughs> then it's not illegal. got choose that violence. Uh, oh man, I I uh, we didn't talk much U of L today. It, and I, and I'm. I'm having a hard time, Dan, deciding how to talk about that team because the bar is so low already that yeah. I don't want to lower it further by giving them credit for coming back in a basketball game. But it's better than what we've seen with other things, and you're not wrong. Mike James looks a lot better than he did at the beginning of the season. Um, at this point with U of L basketball, is it essentially that you're 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 not watching for wins, but you're watching for development of maybe him a uh, uh, land?
3: No. Like, no. S- no, no, no. That these this team that uh, until until somebody one of the big guys or two of the big guys step up and start playing you've got no shot. I mean James and, and Ellis cannot play any better than they played on Saturday. Would you agree with that?
1: I mean, yeah, James' The last couple of games has been as good as he's been all season, and it's, it, it, he actually looks like a guy who was hurt last season, and it took him a little while to get in the groove, but now he's showing that he's actually not a bad basketball player, correct?
3: Yeah. Yes. Now, what you said before is, going forward, you keep James, uh, you, 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 uh, you, you try to recruit some younger players, and you go to the transfer portal. I mean, you can't... The, this team now... I mean, how long has Curry been here? How long How long Hatfield is, this is his second year, he didn't play much at Tennessee last year. Um, you know, I, I see absolutely nothing, nothing that shows me those two players are going to be any better going forward. So, um, you know, and I, I mean, Traynor and Lance and, and Withers are, are kind of what they are. No, I don't think I, – I, I think you try to get through this year as quick as can and and make up wholesale changes.
1: How much faith do you have in Kenny Payne to go get five, six guys in the portal?
2: Mm.
3: I, that's a hard question. Uh, not a lot right now. I don't like it, doing it,
1: this radio. I'm tired of this crap. Someone get a team around here. <laughs> I want to talk <laughs> – Let's talk concrete. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's actually interesting. We only got like four
3: minutes left. I'm not doing that. No, we're, we're saving that. I'm interested in concrete? I want. I want. Could you play one for me that I that sure. I didn't hear? How about KP number six? I want to hear what Bosich asked about uh, mm. uh, Huntley Brinkley. Okay, yeah, here we go. BHB.
1: You mentioned, Brad, uh,
0: Brandon, one for two only today. Usually it's a different person, a different game that has a game like that where one or two baskets and one or two free throws. Is it lack of concentration? Is it lack of um, determination? What, what do you think it, it,
2: it creates these guys having these games where they just sort of don't do much? For me, watching the game and seeing what it is, it looks like they don't anticipate what's happening next. So they're always a step behind. So it's not just Brandon. There are other players too. And I'm constantly talking about see the play before it happens. See what could possibly happen and anticipate what happens. And you're ahead of the game. If you're waiting for something to happen, for example, if you're jogging up and you turn around slowly the ball, you should already be turned around facing the ball. Um, If you see the ball being shot or getting ready to be shot and you're just in la-la land, go find a man on the attempt. Before the attempt happens, go find a man, hit him, and go get the ball with two hands. I don't want to see Brandon go at the balls with one-hand rebounds. We saw what happened. The ball doesn't get – he doesn't come up with it. They get it, they get a shot off and a layup. Just anticipating what could happen, see it before it happens, be the aggressor.
1: I mean, Bozich is asking eighth-grade questions.
2: It's yeah. Like
1: concentrating. Yeah, That's yeah. what you ask a coach when the right fielder on your baseball team is picking dandelions instead of paying attention. <laughs> That's what we're doing no, right I, here right now.
3: That's what we're yeah. doing around here. Kenny, Kenny, said, Kenny said it best. They play like they're in la-la land. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's not pretty. Who wins it's tonight, Dan? It's not pretty. And, and I'll tell you, Kentucky will win tomorrow louisville has no shot did you have you seen clemson play they're good man oh my goodness <laughs> good oh ones. my goodness who wins tonight dan it. good I, the horn frogs the horn frogs i got 205 dollars on it
1: oh
3: straight up or against the spread no i'm not that stupid <laughs> 12, 12 and a half baby so you Twelve open, and a half. you
1: open an account look at you brother i love it all right Gambling Dan, how about it? (laughs) I'll
3: tell you what, if I lose, that'll be the last $205 (laughs) I ever bet on sports. I know that. Uh, Well, this has been Issel and Louie on ESPN 680 105.7. Hopefully we'll have a little more upbeat show tomorrow. Uh, We will be watching the National Championship game, and uh, we hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.
2: Tired of eating
1: the same homemade meals over and over again? Want to switch it up? Locally owned delivery.com safely brings the restaurants to you. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner. They'll bring it to you. Delivery.com delivers some of the finest restaurants in Metro Louisville. Miss going out to eat, but still want to support your favorite restaurants? Delivery.com has got you covered. Use promo code ORDER now for $10 off your next order. Sit back. Relax. Your meal's on its way. Delivery.com. We bring the restaurants to you
0: Injured in a car accident? Visit SueDistractedDriver.com.